Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We could cope. The world could cope with a Jesus who ultimately remains a wonderful idea inside his disciples' minds and hearts. The world cannot cope with a Jesus who comes out of the tomb, a Jesus who inaugurates God's new creation right in the middle of the old one. These words were taken from a speech of Bishop N.T. Wright, retired Anglican Bishop of Durham, England, and one of the world's leading biblical scholars. I've always been very taken by this particular quote of Bishop Wright's, for it speaks to truth. The world cannot cope with a Jesus that comes out of the tomb and ushers in God's new creation. One thing is for sure, no one expected the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can look at our dear friend St. Thomas this morning and get a pretty good idea of this, remembering, if you will, that Thomas was with Jesus for the entirety of his public ministry, that Thomas was with Jesus as a faithful and loving disciple. And this morning we see firsthand Thomas's shock, his doubt, his rationality, his unbelief. The other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. I will not believe. The idea that Jesus had been raised from the dead was troubling for Thomas, insane, even though presumably Thomas had been present for the raising of the daughter of Jairus. He had seen a young girl brought to life at the hands of Jesus. Even though Thomas was present, certainly present, for the raising of the son of the widow of Nain. While in Jesus' presence, he saw two people go from dead to alive. He saw two people brought back to life. But Thomas had serious trouble believing, refused to believe until he had physical proof. Impossible. Eight days pass and Thomas gets the proof he needs to believe that Jesus is indeed verily raised from the dead. Put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand, place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but be believing. And Thomas's answer, my Lord and my God. What must have been going through Thomas's mind? The fact that Jesus indeed rose from the dead forced everything, everything Thomas knew to be true on its head. It shook the foundations of everything Thomas held as true. The fact of Jesus' rising from the dead was so traumatic, Thomas had to begin all over again. Now, not only did Thomas have to begin all over again, but so did the rest of the disciples. No one expected the resurrection. 
If you look back to the record of the Gospels, you find event after event after event after event where the disciples are clueless as to what Jesus is all about. They are clueless as to what Jesus is about as we know him to be about. Most every time Jesus speaks of his death and resurrection, you find dumbfounded and confused disciples. For St. Peter, it is unthinkable, the resurrection. God forbid it, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Now, Peter says this when Jesus speaks of his death. Peter can't even imagine the thought that Jesus could die. Cannot imagine the thought that Jesus could be bested by the religious and secular rulers of that day. Now, the idea that Jesus would rise again from death is not something Peter can even imagine. It is inconceivable. Death, maybe, when he says, God forbid it. Coming back from the dead, never. For James and John and their overprotective mother, the idea of Jesus dying and rising to life is a mystery beyond comprehension. When Jesus speaks of his death and resurrection in their midst, the first request from dear old mom is that James and John get seats of honor and power in Jesus' presumably earthly and political kingdom. The Gospel of Mark, Mary Magdalene is the first to find the tomb empty and to see Jesus raised from the dead. And this is what happens to her when she goes and tells others. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by Mary, they would not believe it. After this, he appeared to two of them as they were walking in the country. And they went back and told the rest. But they did not believe them. The fact and the reality of Jesus dying and rising to life again is not even a possibility in the minds of the disciples. And so it is, eight days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, the apostles are all gathered together in the upper room. Thomas touches Jesus' wounds. Thomas touches Jesus, raised from the dead. Thomas cries out, my Lord and my God. His proclamation, my Lord and my God, presented, no doubt, the apostles and their mission with a unique problem. Nobody expected the resurrection. It would have been a whole lot easier and certainly safer for the apostles to continue on only remembering Jesus. Remembering Jesus the prophet. Remembering Jesus who preached the good news to the poor. Remembering Jesus who preached salvation to the oppressed. Remembering Jesus who preached release to the captives. It would have been a whole lot easier to remember and spread the message of Jesus, the great healer. Jesus, the man who gives sight to the blind. Jesus, the man who made the lame walk. Jesus, who cleansed the lepers. Would have been a whole lot safer to preach about Jesus, the worker of miracles. Jesus, who turned water into wine. Jesus, who multiplied fish and loaves. Jesus, who calmed the storms. Jesus, who even raised others from the dead. Now, people might even, might even buy into someone who preached about Jesus the just. Jesus who had compassion on little children. Jesus who welcomed outcast and sinner. Jesus, lover of all mankind. But to preach Jesus Christ risen from the dead, Jesus Christ, Son of God who destroyed death itself, 
the world could not cope with this. A mere 40 days after coming to the realization that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead, that Jesus Christ had destroyed death, that Jesus Christ had ushered in God's creation in the middle of the old one, Peter preaches his first sermon. And these are the words of the Apostle Peter. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are witnesses. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. So, on the day of Pentecost, with hundreds and thousands of Jewish gathered in Jerusalem, Peter stands up in the midst of them and preaches to the masses. Now, Peter does not get nostalgic. He does not reminisce about how swell Jesus was or how we need to follow his example. Peter stands up in the midst of thousands and thousands in a possible hostile situation and proclaims a thing that everyone knows cannot happen, that anyone in their right mind knows is impossible. This Jesus God raised up, of that we are witnesses. My brothers and sisters, with this proclamation, with this as the foundation of the gospel itself, with this as a central claim, the apostles and followers of Jesus separate themselves from what the world considers normal, from what the world considers sane. But in this separation, in this detachment from what the world considers normal and what the world considers sane, the apostles fully enter to a new reality. They fully enter the new reality of God's new creation birthed right in the middle of the old one. The apostles gain true and lasting freedom as well with Thomas's touching of our Lord, with Peter standing up and saying a thing which is not normal or sane to the world. These disciples, armed only with the conviction of conscience, are able to look at the human condition. Look at human politics. Look at the world itself through this new lens of God's kingdom come on earth. And they boldly and unashamedly proclaim a new and impossible reality. We, who claim the faith of Jesus Christ, have made the very same claim. This Jesus God raised up. And of that, we are all witnesses. Now, we make this claim not in a merely spiritual or nostalgic sense, but as something that is central and foundational to our lives, something that is central and foundational to the way we live. Jesus Christ destroyed death by physically rising from the grave. We make this claim as something that the world still finds insane. And in this claim... We too, like Peter and Thomas and the rest of the apostles in the Christian church, we are freed from the conceptions of this world. We are freed from what the world has come to expect as normal and sane. Now the challenge for us, brothers and sisters, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is to fully live out our convictions. The challenge for us is to not pretend that we don't hold them, to not to pretend that we are normal and that we are sane by the standards of this world. 
The challenge for us is to stand up, as our brother Peter did, and proclaim Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. The challenge for us is to live lives that show forth our separation from the world. To live lives that look at the human condition, human opinion, through the eyes of God, through the eyes of His kingdom, through the eyes of the resurrection, and not the eyes of man. The question we must ask ourselves, and to the place we must go, is to ask this. If, if, if we were as bold as Peter... What would our lives look like today? If we fully and truly lived into God's new creation on earth, what would our lives look like? The opportunities to do this are endless and without definition. There are plenty who know not the Lord Jesus Christ. There are plenty of situations of injustice and oppression. There is no shortage of poverty and the poor. There is no shortage of calamity to respond to. And there is, there is a great lack of prayer and holiness in our world. And it goes on and on and on. What would our lives look like if we fully and truly lived in to God's new creation on earth? Let us pray this morning, brothers and sisters, that we may have the conviction of Thomas, the boldness of Peter, and the steadfastness of the Christian church throughout these last two millennium to live openly and fully into God's new creation on earth. And let us pray that we may rid ourselves fully of what the world considers normal and sane. And that we may be able to boldly proclaim through the actions of our lives, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is truly risen. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.